Hello. And welcome to another episode of Carry On Up The Misses. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So, last week we had the big one, and this week we've got the other big one. Well... Carry On Camping. I love this one. Oh, did you? That's good. So you liked at least one of the two big ones. Apparently so. But a lot of that was to do with actually remembering it from my youth. Ah. So I think there was a lot of nostalgia, general uh, familiarity. Not like I remembered the details of it, but I think I think there was an element of, of fond childhood memories contributing towards the fact that I liked it so much. Ah, so so you do you remember, you've seen this before then? Yes. Right. Not just the Babs clip. But yes, that everybody's seen. Yeah. But did get a laugh. I was surprised at that because I thought surely she's seen this before and it won't get a laugh. No, it was the line that came afterwards. But anyway, we'll Ooh, get to that. Oh, matron, take them away. Yes, that was it. Because yes. I didn't know that's where that was from, even though we have a sound machine that has yes, that so on I'll it. Carry on in your pocket machine. <laughs> we should bring that down for props. Yeah, we should. Yes, yes. Anyway. So, what, what, did you, what did you like, apart from the nostalgia aspect? Well, before I even started watching the film, I saw the list of cast. Yeah. And then I saw the second page of cast, and I was like, there's only one or two that names there I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, the cast. Yes, it, 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 it's, it's a real who's who, this one, isn't it's, it? It's, it's got all the good people, <laughs> and um, no interlopers. No, no Phil Silvers or anything right, like so that. I mean, no, I know, no there's, big Terry, star I know there's Terry and June, but he's been been in one before. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's the been... only person that's missing, I think, is Jim Deal. Yes, and there was characters there that he could have played. Yeah, but I think like he could have played the bus driver. Yes, but he he's re- he really was too big a star to, for that part. Yeah, no, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but equally, they could have. Written a part in for him. Well, interestingly, the bus driver part was supposed to be bigger. Yeah. Because um, he was supposed to disappear with one of the schoolgirls. Uh-huh. But they kind of cut that out. I think the actress or who was playing the schoolgirl wasn't really good enough. Oh, uh, so, um, so, 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 yeah, it's a good cast. A good cast. Hattie Jakes is back. Yes, Hattie Jakes is back. I was going back. to say not as a matron, but then she was a matron. Not, not just a matron. The same. The same character. They referred back to a previous carry-on so film. So we've never had that before, where somebody plays the same character. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that she said there was a doctor there that looked a lot like you. In fact, it was identical to you. Because <laughs> it was you, yes. Well, it was, it was Kenneth Williams. Yeah. But it was a, he had a different name. Which is odd because, you know, they could have made him the same character as well. Because he was a doctor. Because he was a doctor. And, you know, he could have taken over a girl's finishing school. I think that may be be too much. Mm. Um, But, yes, the the cast and all the characters that the cast were playing, I thought, were very suitable for them. Right. Um, I like the Kenneth Williams part. It Mm -hmm. wasn't too evil, wasn't in love, all the things I don't like about some of the other characters. So is this the kind of Kenneth Williams character that you like? He's not evil and he's not lustful. Yes. I think so, yes. I think he did very well. I think he could have been maybe a bit more hammed up in, in the, the... You know when he has that thing where he sort of looks at the stain down his nose? Oh, yes. He didn't have that much, too much mm-hmm. of that in this. Um, 
But no, I liked his character. I like the Charles Charles Hawtrey character. Charlie Muggins. Charlie Muggins. But see, I, I wasn't sure wet? about that. Well, it was kind of a bit, kind of nothing. Yeah. He was he was supposed to be annoying, but he wasn't that annoying. Like one of the things they spoke about was a number of times they discussed he eats all the food. But I don't think we ever actually saw him eating no. anything. Actually, I think the characters I prefer him playing are. Um, him being weak in a traditionally strong role, like as a soldier or of a, uh, mm-hmm. or another soldier in Gary on the Kyber, um, where he's trying his best but being awfully rubbish at it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like that on this one, so, um, but at least he was in it and it was a big enough part, not just a, a nod in his direction. Yeah, she got like a few it. good scenes. Yeah. And I love the fact that at the end he went off with the young folk. Yes. As if he was sort of accepted by them. That was quite sweet, I thought. Yes. So, um, so he was good. Uh, Jane Sims, I mean, she's a great actress, mm-hmm. but there wasn't much to her character, really. Mm-hmm. And, and there was really no development that got you to the point where, seems like at the beginning, she was quite clear that she wasn't going to be falling for Sid's amorous advances yes. on this holiday. And then, literally, in the last scene, she did. Yeah. And without any effort on his part. Without any effort on his part or any indication that she was softening in her resolve. Yeah. Against that it. was a bit of a gear change, mm-hmm. wasn't it? But uh, but it does is it does it show you something of the scale of Joan Sims that it wasn't too unbelievable. That mm. can she kind of sold that. Yeah. Um. Though I did think there was far more connection between is Bernard no Bernard Bristol so. Field guy. Um, no, Bernard Breslau is Bernie. Is that, oh, Bernard Breslau. What's good is we're in the area of the camera where basically they all have their own names. I know. So Bernard Breslau and his woman is that uh, Lita? Dillis Lee. Uh, Dillis Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see a bit more connection between the two of them. Yeah. And they were you, you believed them and you were quite going. You know, you wanted mm-hmm. them to work out. Whereas there wasn't really that between Jane Sims and Sir James. Mm-hmm. There well, wasn't the affection. There. What about that whole? Essentially, the main plot of this story was Sid James and Bernie, Bernard Breslau, although Bernard Breslau was kind of dragged along by Sid James, plan a camping trip entirely so that they can have sex with women who really don't want to have sex with them. Well, I think that's the least of our issues, really. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought that might, be the, that might be the most straightforward one to discuss first. I think... Um, I think that, in, well, firstly, for them to take them on a nudist camp. Because they thought they were going to a nudist yes. camp. Yes. Yeah. Um, when the girls obviously were not up for that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, what did they think? Suddenly they would get there and go, oh, this is brilliant. I'll just rip all my clothes off. But then based on the logic, well, that was what they thought. Once they see the freedom, etc., they'll be for it. And based on the logic of this film, that was pretty much how they managed to get them to have sex with them at the end. Yeah. But, um, so yes, so that was wrong that they were tricking them into mm-hmm. doing this. Um, and then, you know, they were taking them away to basically have their end away. I don't think the women were naive enough not to realise that. No, in fact, they discussed that with yeah. Joan Sims' mum. But I think that the bigger issue is once got to the campsite, they dismissed their girlfriends and chased after some school children. Well, let's let's leave the school children element to what we'll come. We will obviously come back to it. But 
this is just just because is they this... didn't instantly say, "Come join us in our tent night one," that they were but, but, dismissed as if oh, there's no point in going on but here. But was they it not need... slightly more than that? In that you know there was indication that it is not happening. It's never going to happen. Don't even start thinking about it. There wasn't whereas, that much indication. The schoolgirls, leave aside they were schoolgirls, were clearly up for it. I know, but the um. Jane said, obviously, she said this to her mother, so they didn't know this, but she just said, I'm playing hard to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the picture that they were playing hard to get, Sid James and Bernard Breslau did not try very hard to get them. They gave up very easily when they got a first whiff of lack of success. But isn't that potentially the danger for any person in any kind of relationship of playing hard to get, is that something easy might come along and your hard to get might not seem as Yeah, quite but they were in an established relationship. I do think that they should have pursued their own girls a bit more and there wasn't enough indication that it was never going to happen for them to have given up so easily. Okay, fair enough. Just thought we needed to get, to get through that. Shall we move on to the thorny issue of they were the, school children. the ladies of Chase Place? They were they were girls from a finishing school. Now that was not made clear. Oh no, it was it was definitely Chase Place finishing school for young ladies. All right, so they so they could be seventeen, eighteen, but equally they were also in uniform in this Chase Place, which would suggest to me they weren't much. They really couldn't be over 18, I wouldn't have thought. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Can, could, would girls have gone to a finishing school maybe up to the age of, of 21? I don't know about these things. I Do you think I've been to a finishing school? <laughs> Possibly. You seem like a very refined young lady. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, the actresses playing these girls oh, were much older. significantly old. I mean, uh, Barbara Windsor was 32, I think, when this was, was made. Um, she was the least of the issue. You know, the other, some of the other women looked particularly looked older. Very, oh, looked, oh, oh yes. Well, there, was, there was one in particular who yeah. was like, how did you get into this? And why, why do we keep seeing you? Why are you not pushed to the back? Yeah. This is, and, and, and this is not because she wasn't an attractive lady, but that was the point. She was clearly a, a lady, lady. Yes. Um, rather than a girl. But that's what she had to be. So, yes, yeah, so, I mean, there were a few bits where it was, and I think the other thing is because Sid, Looks so old, old with his walnut featured <laughs> uh, features that it, he said so poetically. Yeah, well, it, it, it's just it, it it didn't help. It didn't sit well. I didn't and think. I think his general character, the wah ha ha ha, is a bit creepy on a schoolgirl. Yeah, it especially especially again this film, he was only out for sex. Yeah. You know that was explicitly stated. Yeah. So, but again, is this something that when you watched it as a child, when I watched it as a child or a young person, these issues didn't really matter. Has something changed in the last, has something changed as we've grown up? Has something changed in the last few years that has made, led us to this point where it's like, this isn't, this isn't I think vaguely we, acceptable anymore? I think we would have got there even without any yew trees or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. I think... So I'm surprised it was acceptable at the time. Well, I mean, it it was acceptable at the mm. time. Um, it's it's hard, isn't it? It's, it's tricky because this, this is. But it's our culture. It's this the is way culture. We, yeah. yeah, but it's the way we think now, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and why I don't feel the need to reflect on why it 
what's changed in the last few years to change that. It just it is the way it is, and it is our perception how we um, view a film and take in its meaning is all about our own mm-hmm. references and our own perceptions of what's acceptable and not acceptable. And this is just one topic. Would you encourage, stop, what would you do if a 12, 13-year-old child of yours wanted to watch this film? I'm... One of two things. Okay. Either I'd discourage them from watching it, mm-hmm. or I'd watch it with them, explaining that this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Just so, so why is it on the screen then? Why, so why is it in this film? Well, we'd have to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it might be a good way of having that conversation about things being acceptable and just because everyone else is doing it doesn't make it right and all that kind of thing. Just because James is doing it doesn't make it right. No, I meant in terms of society at that time Mm -hmm. watched this film and found it acceptable. So you look back and just think, how could they? But Mm -hmm. you might be equally in a situation like that nowadays where you think something is wrong, but everyone else seems to be fine with it, so you just go along with it. And, And there is that having to listen to your inner moral compass. That's, that's, that's interesting. Is this a good enough film, other than that, to make it a useful film for that kind of teaching, I wonder? I mean, I am loving watching this as an adult, mm-hmm. because I can put into context yeah. what's being said and what's being done. I'm not sure... You would get all that context just from the, these 90 minutes. I'm also thinking a younger person wouldn't understand to put it in its place. Mm -hmm. And so there isn't enough other to justify them Mm. watching it other than to to show them how a society can be wrong about something. All right. Interesting. One last point on the schoolgirls. Yes. They were in uniform. Yes. But in stockings and suspenders. Well, everybody knows from St Trinian's films that when girls go to school, they spend the years, the sort of first to fifth forms of secondary school, as little bundles of hair all over the place and, you know, very much children. And then something happens over the holiday between fifth year and sixth form that turns them into gorgeous young women who must wear stockings and suspenders. That is, you know, that is well known. And this is why our child's not going to watch these films. He'll end up like you. But again, a, a different... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just, let's just rewind a little bit there. Um, have these films and films like this created... Did they create a society that made it vaguely acceptable to find schoolgirls attractive? It certainly contributed to it. Mm. Which is why what you've said is unacceptable mm-hmm. and why I wouldn't encourage a child to watch it and say, come out with things like you just said. I mean, I, I, you realise I was making a point for comic effect of, you know, that that, was, that is ridiculous. And, and I was aware from, an, from a fairly early age like, well, that this isn't, how, this isn't how human beings develop. They don't just turn around one day and become... Mm. This and just because they look like that doesn't mean they are 
prepared for all adult eventualities. Mm. Do you want to move on? <laughs> I'm happy to move on because you did enjoy this film. I did, yes. Perhaps in the context of having watched more than a dozen carry on films yes. before it. But as an adult, I think it, yeah. that's what it, the suitable audience is, mm-hmm. not as a child, which was the question. Yeah, no, 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 no you know, just. Another thing I didn't like, before we get onto the things I did like, was there's a couple of things, well, I'm sure there's more, but after I noticed a few, I started jotting them down. Inconsistencies. Such as? When Charles Hawtrey first went to sleep in the tent with the the couple, what they're called? Oh, Peter Potter and Harriet Potter. Yes, with the Potters. He was it. Terry Scott and Betty Marsden, who was following along in black and white. But, um, yeah, so he stole Mr. Potter's sleeping bag, and that was part of the scene. Yes. And then the next day, when they're sneaking off without him, he's there in a completely different sleeping, sleeping bag. bag. Mm-hmm. And you just think, you can't have it as part of the scene, and then have, yeah. change it out. And um, and they, in that same previous night scene, she says, we just get into Andy's and sleep into drift clipping to our sleeping bags, but then mm-hmm. there's this big scene about them getting into their pyjamas. Yeah. that was It was poor that line about the uh, stripped down to our undies and into the bags was there, because actually, when you started to think about it, the scene where they were getting changed in their pyjamas was actually very cleverly done. Oh, it was brilliant, it, yeah. Not, it, it had to be rehearsal for that, mm. for them all to be in the right place at the right time to have... His uh, leg in his pyjamas. Yes, Charles Hawtrey's leg in Terry Scott's pyjamas. And the only bit I thought was a bit poor was Betty Marsden quite clearly put her nightie over Charles Hawtrey's head. Yeah. So that, that would never have actually happened like that. But uh, but yes, the, I, I agree with that. I mean, I noticed that there was a, uh, the most famous scene, in fact, when the girls are doing their early morning PT. Yeah. Um, when you first see the girls, um, Barbara Windsor's not there. And then she is there. Um, I think that's because she then runs off when she's been exposed and there's then another scene of him finishing off the PT with the rest of the girls and I think they put they, in... They cut in yeah, they some cut of in that later that. stuff in the other stuff. Hattie Jakes appears and disappears at random and not only that, but when she's actually there, there's a towel on her head that appears and disappears at random. And, so, and this is the most famous scene in the film, if not the whole Carry yeah. On series. You know, so yeah, I think it, it kind of... It's really just where you put the sort of... the the speed with which these films were made kind of showed, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was Charles Hawtrey's um, backpack. Oh, was Sometimes different. was huge, sometimes yeah. was small. Yeah. Um, I was actually surprised at how much footage there was in all the different setup scenes mm-hmm. before we even got to the campsite. Yes. There was a lot of film before mm-hmm. we got to the campsite, mm-hmm. which I didn't recall. But... Because I, I started off thinking, well, this will just be in a field. It'll be the cheapest film ever made. Mm-hmm. But there's actually quite a few different sets of, of, mm-hmm. of all the people and where they come from. The, the Potter's oh, yeah. house. Yeah, and, and Joan's house. Yes. The camping shop. And the um, school. Yeah. And they stopped at youth hospital for the first night. Aye, that was a, mm-hmm. Well, I presume that was the same as the school, wasn't it? No, the corridor looked different. I think it was the same corridor, perhaps, from the one of the hospital ones. Yes. Redressed. Well, well, there is that. Um, but, yeah, no... The I farmhouse. Farmhouse? The farmhouse where... Oh, the all, pregnant Hawkins, woman. Where the daughter was pregnant. Yeah. I have to say, I think this film, script-wise, 
can, it's just gags, 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 mm-hmm. gags, gags. You might not like the gags, they might not all hit, but can it, it's just gag after gag. Some of it really cleverly, and I thought that in the scene in the farmhouse, the farmer's daughter's pregnant, somebody who's come to the door has made her pregnant, and the farmer wants to find out who it is. First of all, he thinks it's Charles Hawtrey. Then Terry Scott comes, and the way he asks for milk, every <laughs> line suggests that he's had sex with the farmer's daughter. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really good. I, I mean, we're we're definitely an innuendo central here. Yes, and maybe that's why I was very fond of it because I do like an innuendo. Um, and but it did mean gag, gag, gag. There wasn't a huge amount of narrative and storyline. There's a few mm. characters, the Potters and the way mm-hmm. she was, and then he turned it round at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the girlfriends, the way they were, and they turned it round in the end. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't really a story, a not like Carry On Like the Kyber, where there was yeah this happened, then mm-hmm. this happened, then the revenge, and then you know mm-hmm. it it really was just characters being set up for, and then they all got into one place, and there was gags. Do you prefer the clear storyline or gags, gags, gags? Well, I preferred this film, so maybe it's gags, gags, gags. But that surprises me because I do like the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think you need enough gags, mm-hmm. and sometimes the storylines have taken over in some of the previous films. I think one of the storylines that I thought actually worked really well in this, that wasn't really flagged up or anything, was the Terry Scott, Betty Marsden mm-hmm. marriage coming apart kind mm-hmm. of thing. Although, can it can it never get quite so serious as that? But can they were obviously going in different direction. Well, she didn't listen to what he said anyway. Yeah. Um and can he he wanted to do things and she just wouldn't Well yeah. she, she she didn't even say no she wasn't gonna do it. She just already decided what was gonna yeah. happen. Um but there was a, a a couple of bits in that which I thought were really nice. One was when Charles Hawtrey was in their tent and they were when they settled down to sleep. Um Terry Scott who had shown no actual interest, quite the reverse, in Betty Marsden suddenly seemed to get a bit jealous of Charles Hawtrey being closer to her and then asked to move bunks. Yeah, but just because he didn't want her didn't mean that he was happy with another man leering over her. I know, but I think that was because that kind of seemed to be the start of the storyline where by the end, uh... you know, although I, I appreciate this gets a bit difficult because he seemed to have been really spot on to it by being invited into the tent of a school <laughs> That um, yeah. then sort of said, "Oh yeah, my wife," and and then they came out. And then she quite liked him being gave him the confidence. Gave him the confidence, yeah. Mm-hmm. Charge. Should we move on to laughs? Yes, if you would like. Well, I've only got. I know I've laughed more than I've noted, um, but the first one I've noted is Charles Hawtrey saying, "I think something like she taught me how to stick a pole up." She was showing me how to get how to. Get oh, in the shop. Stick it up in the shop. Stick it up. Yes. In the, in, the, in the shop. In the shop. That made mm-hmm. me giggle. And I knew it was Charles Hawtrey just by the way he was flailing his legs out of the tent at the beginning. <laughs> you, really, you really are a big Charles Hawtrey fan. Well, just you? his, uh, just the physical humour mm-hmm. element. Um, mm-hmm. um, the mum saying that she had sore misgivings and him saying you should get some talc on that. Put some talc on it. <laughs> said, said, oh yeah, I got. You had a laugh before that. Which was in the Terry Scott Betty Marsden. Um, the first time he made up something about what he'd done during the day, you laughed at that. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Well, I think it was I got... No, I think it's because I laughed when he says I got drunk because I didn't realise at that point that he was just making up shit. And I just thought, oh, do you remember the days when people used to get drunk in the lunchtimes at work? <laughs> was that acceptable? 15 minutes discussion now, please. Was that acceptable? <laughs> I think there's a lot of things that happened that were not acceptable in terms of driving and uh, doing serious things, doctory-like things, maybe. After having a pint well, or two. after having a pint or two. Yeah. Yes. But I think... Uh, well, I don't know. You you watch Mad Men and they're all pissed half the time. Mm. So I, I don't think that's acceptable. But, um, but yeah, I like the idea of a drink at lunchtime. Not acceptable nowadays. Um, I'm actually looking at... I've, I've said here, broken the fourth wall... Yes. Something was said and he just looked straight to the camera. Uh, it was when he met the girl with the cow who said she was oh, taken out to the bull. Yes. And he said, couldn't your father do that? And she said, no, it has to be the bull. And Hawtrey looked to camera. wonder who's meant to look to camera then or if it was a... Well, it was very good. Slight ad-lib. But he got a laugh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the dad saying to his pregnant daughter... How could you not even ask who, uh, with whom am I having the pleasure? Because <laughs> she doesn't know. Well, even the name. She didn't ask even the name of whoever it was. But I thought, again, this is where you start thinking, you're reading too much into this. The fact that he said that, he said that the reason he thought she would know that is because he'd spent all that money sending her to finishing school. You thought there would be Which a... made me think, is that a reference to how useless a finishing school chased place is? Oh, I thought they would bump into the girls and, and know each other or, ah, or something like that, but well, that never happened. I see. Um, when the uh, Sid James and Bernard Black Breslau was having the terrible night in the broken tent, mm-hmm. and then they woke up in the morning and Bernard Breslau tipped water all over Sid James, and then he just spat water in his face. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> yep. But I don't like slapstick. Um, I thought it seemed to be more the spit that you laughed at than the than the slapstick, wasn't it? Well, that, isn't that slapstick? Okay, that's yeah. um, Something about only Christmas and bank holidays. Um, that's when Charles, that's when Kenneth Williams uh, gets his ardour up. Only at Christmas and bank holidays. Right, I laughed at that. Mm-hmm. And yes, when when Babs exposed herself in the exercise class yeah. and then um, Ooh, matron, take them, them away. away. I honestly didn't know that that was where it was from <laughs> and that just tickled me pink because uh, it made sense. I never get tickled your pink anymore. <laughs> you do, darling. <laughs> Play your cards right, you might get to do it tonight. <laughs> and then when they're in the monastery Oh, yes. Where the monks were making their own water, which you enjoyed <laughs> quite a much. You can see the monks make their own water. See, you enjoyed that more than I, I did. I that. Um, but I did enjoy, um, I don't know who it was, saying something about doing their laundry, and then he said... Oh, the, uh, this postcard of the monks doing their laundry, and then Bernie said... Perhaps that's how they get rid of their dirty habits. Yeah. That was a good joke. It was kind of like, that's a rubbish joke. That's a good joke. Yeah, I I, I thought they should have made more of that. You also got, uh, there was also a laugh before then, which was um, when 
Sid and Bernie were talking about the girls, and Sid had said that their names were Babs and the other one, and it turned out that his name was Fanny. Oh, yes! Was <laughs> it just know. the name Fanny, or just was it... the name Fanny. Babs and Fanny. Right. I wasn't expecting Fanny at that point. <laughs> but that's what Sid and Bernie had gone for. I know. <laughs> Talking of Sid and Bernie, the best names we've had in the Carry On films so far, Bernie Lug, <laughs> Sid Boggle. Sid Boggle, what a name. Fabulous, fabulous. Do you have anything else you want to discuss? Well, there's one more positive it was a different time. Mm-hmm. The women had flabby bits. Even the supposedly sexy young women. Yeah, but uh, but in a sexy way. Mm-hmm. In a way that I think we should see more on television oh, okay. these days. Yeah. Uh, is like they were real women looking like real women and that was leered at. And I just think if you have to leer at a woman, let it, make it be a real woman. Speaking of women and real women, etc., proper tits and bums in the nudist film at the beginning. Yes. You not had that? You only get away with it if it's in a proper nudist film. Why is that? I don't know. But they still can't say toilet. The word toilet still never appears. No, they were talking a... about making their own camping toilet. Ah, it... uh, but I don't think they, I don't think they ever the said toilet. I think they said facilities. Oh, they might have, yeah. Definitely, it was the ablutions block rather than yeah. the, the toilet block or the washing block. Um, and there was another point where I thought, just say toilet for goodness' sake. But <laughs> toilet is just not happening. So you can have tits, but no toilet. Yep, tits and bums, but no toilet. Um. We made another visit ten years on to the housing estate that we saw in Carry On. I Constable. can't believe you, you recognised it as the same it's, one. It's not just the same housing. It's the same corner of the same housing estate that we see every day. It must be it must have been somebody's house. So they knew uh, they could film yeah. there. So, but yeah, I'm I'm always keen to see the housing estate again. That was where uh, Jordan's character um, lived. Did you notice there was something I coveted in this uh, film? In Kenneth Williams' office. Which I thought, why does the head of a young lady's finishing school have one of these in his office? But he'd had one. A globe-shaped drinks cabinet. Ah. I was like, oh, I would love a globe-shaped drinks cabinet. If you want to contribute to the making of Carry On Up the Missus, <laughs> send me a globe-shaped drinks cabinet. I would love it. Um, so also in the, in the finishing school... The fight sequence at the beginning mm-hmm. between Barbara and whoever else that was was really vicious. Well, it looked women, real. Women can be vicious, you know. I know, but not in films. You know, normally in films, fight sequences look really poor, but that looked really good. I liked it. It looked like a fight sequence. Oh. I didn't mean anything else. I'm scared now of seeing anything. <laughs> oh, yes, that's what you like. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say any of that. I'm saying, look, that. that's... Anyway. Um, Stop. I I love great great filmmaking this. Terry Scott getting chased and hit by a bull. And he just went over the hedge. We never saw the bull. Uh, Brilliant. But we but I could see the bull in my mind's eye. It's one of these things, you know, people that happens quite a bit in films where it's like blah 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 and you never saw it. And like, Did you know? Like, I think I think I would have sworn that we saw the bull. Mm. Anyway. Um Surely they could have just interjected some stock footage of a bell. Yeah, even that, but even that didn't happen. Um, did you notice mm-hmm. that when Charles Hawtrey uh, first meets 
Terry Scott and Betty Marsden. Mm-hmm. She says to him, Oh, hello. No, I didn't notice that. I thought, oh, hey, I thought it was a thing, that. It was, it was all that meant, between that and Hattie Jakes playing the same character, I thought, yeah. oh, hey, we know the Carry On films exist here. Um, and at least it was called Carry On Camping and not the other title. That was like three films ago. No, though this, it had or... Let's Leave Me Bags Live. Yes. That's quite a good line. Let's it is quite a good line, but I'm just glad that they didn't go with that, is all I'm saying. Yeah. And that they, they but that's now a thing, that they tell you alternative titles yeah. for a film. So. Um, yeah, I'll mention that. Johnny Walker Red Label, we saw, which is, uh, listeners may recall, is a thing that Sid was on a deal with them if he could get them into films, and Terry Scott was drinking... Johnny Walker Red Label when he uh, arrived there. Oh, something that I asked Fiona before we start what film she thinks, what the film might be about. Um, not can, before we see what the title of the film is. And one thing that she's mentioned before is Carry On Hippie. So I thought, oh, I know that in Carry On Camping there is a hippie bit. Shall we have a little chat about the hippie bit? How was the hippie bit for you? It was good. Mm-hmm. I particularly liked some of the erratic dancing that we were seeing in the in the dance sequence in the yes. crowd scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really came into its own when Sid James and Bernard Breslau dressed up yeah. as hippies. You would have felt cheated if none of the Carry On regulars had turned out in hippie gear. Hippie gear. But they, it was done so badly in a wonderful, wonderful way. I, I wonder if that was kind of deliberate. No, no, it was because because the, they, they uh, were meant to look like they were. Yeah. Dressing up, yeah, because the young fo- the young hippies were dressed like hippies. Mm-hmm. So okay, it's not like they couldn't have just said, "Put on what he's wearing" or whatever. Mm. Yeah, but I, again, I mentioned this when we were watching it. There's a bit where the cast of the film line up at the gate of the of, oh, yeah. of the field and look over into this music festival that appears and look appalled. And it is like, oh my god, the real world has suddenly arrived. Yeah, and the carry on films are appalled by it. And of course, they have to, you know, overpower the uh, the, the the hippie world, uh, the modern world. The, the young people have to be beaten by by our uh, our uh, heroes, don't they? And um, did you notice that this film was clearly made in the depth of winter, although it was meant to be <laughs> the middle of summer? Were they all freezing? Yeah, that's why occasionally you could see their breath. I didn't notice that. And on some on some shots. The mud was sprayed green to look like grass. And you wonder why, you know, Kenneth Williams endlessly complained yeah. about the circumstances in which he had to, in which he had to, uh, uh, live. So we have to go through the cast? What, the death sweep? No, how, who, who was good, who was bad? What do you think of them? Sid James or Sid Boggle? Well, he was good, he was doing what he does best, mm-hmm. clearing at women and go, ha 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 ha. And not trying to act any more than that. Um, Kenneth Williams I liked. Dr. Soper. Though he could have been a bit more sneery. Uh-huh. Uh, Joan Sims. Was Joan Fussy. Was very good at playing her part. Though mm-hmm. I would say, right at the end, she was just wearing pants. Those weren't shorts. I think it was a swimsuit, wasn't it? Well, it certainly wasn't acceptable to walk around shopping like that. In a monastery as well. Oh, in the monastery? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. 
Yeah, she was wearing like a top over, mm-hmm. but it just looked like she. I think they were just meant to be short shorts, but it just yeah. was ridiculous. Well, the sixties were here; they could all have short skirts on and everything. Um, but I didn't like her character, so I'm not going to yeah. love Jane Simpson this one. All right, Charles Hawtrey, I did like, uh, but it's Charlie Muggins. Charlie Muggins, but as we've discussed, he could have been better. Uh, Terry Scott, I did like. Mm-hmm. I think he did that. It's the second back from Upper yeah. Cable. I think he was better in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Great facial expressions all the way through yeah. Terry Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Babs I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Breslow I loved. Hattie Jakes I liked. I think we could have done more with her. Yeah, she never really gets a lot of laughs, Hattie Jakes. No, and she's very funny. She ends up doing this, oh, I love you, I love you, Susan. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do it for me. Um, oh, what's his name again? Who's next? The, the Peter Butterworth. Peter Butterworth. He was perfect. Peter Butterworth, a Sid Fiddler. That's a Sid. good. Another Sid Fiddler. The, the Farmer Fiddler. Farmer Fiddler. Great name. Peter Butterworth. He's he's brilliant. He is. Can he only had three or four scenes? Pretty much, he had the same joke in every one. I try and fleece you out of a pound every time. Yeah. But so watchable. Mm-hmm. Peter Butterworth. Hats off. And I love the way you did actually take your hat off. Oh, you got to take your hat off for the hats off. <laughs> yeah. Um. The bus driver, I liked him. Julian Holloway. He was quite sexy. Um, quite sexy? Yeah. Mm. Needs a proper haircut, but you know, it was the mm-hmm. 60s. Um, I well, like... Hang on, wait a minute. What about... Oh, right, no, we're still there. Okay. Um, Dillis Lee as uh, Anthea. I liked her. We could have done more with her. She's empowered by Jane Simpson. No, I thought, well, again, maybe I'm look, seeing more than is really there. I thought that she did very well in... You vaguely saw, really all the way through, the fact that Anthea actually might be quite up for this permissive oh, no, society. She said, she said that. But, she, but I thought even at the beginning when they were in the um, newest film, yeah. she didn't, it, was, it wasn't so much she didn't like it, it's that she wasn't sure, it's something new. Yeah. I just wasn't sure. And I thought all the way through, it was just occasionally little until... But then in the campsite she said, oh, if, if only I had a chance or something like that. Yeah. So, that was kind of the point at which was like, oh, you, you definitely. But I thought all the way through there was kind of, oh, she's all right. I didn't like, it, and I thought it kind of slowed the film down as well. Her being sick in the mm. car, it wasn't really necessary. No. Um, Terry's wife, Betty Marsden, a newcomer to the Carry On. I liked her. Or is she a newcomer to the Carry On? No, is she not? Did you recognise her from something else? Or she? Some other Carry On? Was she a nurse or something? No, she was. If you recall. He carry on regardless. Uh, uh, Kenneth Connor went on the train and was had to get a secret yeah. message. He well, he, he thought. I was thinking it was going to be a tiny part. She was the woman who did the what you 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 mentioned I remember that. I remember her, but it's not as if I would. I feel bad at not recognising her. All right, but what did you think? Would you have her back? I would. I mean, obviously, she had a ridiculously annoying laugh <laughs> and a horrible <laughs> character, but. Um, but she was obviously a good actress, mm-hmm. and I think she was quite funny with the part, mm-hmm. so I'd have her back. And then, why is the woman in the shop? Uh, Valerie Leon, uh, who was the assistant in the shop, who was who was showing Charles Hawtrey how to stick it up. Yeah, she wasn't worth being on the list. All right, okay. Because there's other people in She's it. She's been in before, by the way. We just haven't mentioned her before. Yeah. Often as a sort of nice-looking woman. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you wouldn't put that right. So, um, shall we do 
Were they all dead? Shall I tell you how many people are alive? Is she alive? Uh, f- n- no, they were asleep, still dead. Um, three driver? people are alive. Well, Babs. Babs is alive. A bus driver. Julian Holloway is alive. Terry? No, Terry Scott is dead. 25 years ago, just uh, not long ago, I think. Mm. Well, they all dead. Is Joan Sim... Do we do this every week? We do this every time. Is Joan Sims dead? Dead. You know all the ones you like, apart from Babs and Jim Dale? Dead. Yeah, so who's still alive? Is it... Valerie Leon's still alive. Oh, the woman I don't care about? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right. So, look at that. We've got this is the longest one. It's the longest one yet, Fiona. Oh, I do like Ooh. it long. <laughs> It's not how long it is, it's what you do with it that counts. See, we're getting into it now. It's like a (laughs) carry-on film of its own. Um, If you would like to get in contact with us to uh, tell us how much you love uh, carry-on up the missus. Or Or even provide criticism. Or provide criticism. Or ask where to send the um, globe-shaped drinks cabinet. (laughs) uh, Please do so at carryonpodcast at gmail.com or at carryonpodcast on Twitter. Uh, so the final question is, do we carry on? Oh, certainly, sir. Oh, excellent. <laughs> mm. um, so uh, all that remains is uh, join us next time when we carry on up the missus. Bye. Bye. Carry on. Regardless.